You don't know what's going on internally in people's hearts. And sometimes a circumstance can look like there's no hope here. This person is never going to respond to the gospel. This person's never going to get it. But you don't know internally what God is doing inside their heart and the struggle that they're going through. Because on the outside, it may look like they have it all together. On the outside, it may look like there's just no way that they're going to respond to this. But you do not know. Here it comes. Like your word directs me to what's right And spurs me on right through the fight With the promise of new life Your word, oh God, your word to me Making me all that I need to be Your word, oh God, means the world to me The world to me Good evening! My name is John, and you're listening to A Word with God, and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 11, while we continue to go through a series that is called, Stan? Um, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, yes. tagged, I am not ashamed of the Gospel. And by the way, that is Mr. Stan Starkey, the pastor at Evangel Community Church. At 112 Spadina Road. West. That's always good to know, yeah. Yes. So we're, we're going through a, a message, and, and just so people have kind of an idea what's happening here. Paul wrote a letter to the Roman church. Yes, he did. And they were having some issues. There was, you know... The the, church with issues? Yeah, that's surprising. (laughs) Um, It it was, you know, there was the Jewish church that was there and, you know, from going from their old ways and the old customs of Old Testament and now becoming Christians and trying to live that out. Mm -hmm. And the Gentiles who've not known anything before this and saying, hey, we've got an idea here. It's almost like the old guard and the new guard and, and they're having some friction between and the, and the Jewish believers had left for a few years and now they were coming back into the city of Rome mm-hmm. and so they'd been away and things had changed and uh, I don't know if you when you come home after a week of being away and things are not where you put them right that, that can be annoying and it was annoying uh, the Roman Christians who were Jewish yeah they had some challenges going on mm-hmm. so now one of the things that comes up here Stan that I wanted to kind of discuss with you is the idea that God does not write people off, no. but he does allow them to have their hearts hardened. Can you kind yeah. of talk about that just a little bit? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really a, um, I find it hard to get my head around. God is open, and yet sometimes God gives you what you ask for. And we're really talking about a person who's stubborn, who's unrepentant. And and year after year, decade after decade, they just they, they harden and harden and, and God goes, Okay, you want to do life without me? And it's not that he hardens them, but he stops pressing in. Hmm. And so it almost becomes one of the self fulfilling prophecies where they themselves harden their hearts and God allows them to do that. Well now and, and part of the question that comes up is and again, I know that God doesn't treat us like robots, no. right? You know, he doesn't say, you're going to submit to me and you're going to turn your heart towards me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for, for people, I mean, they can get down to the point where life, God mm-hmm. has brought them to their knees mm-hmm. um, and they don't know if they can even get back up, mm-hmm. but they're not willing to come back to him. No. 
So, you know, for those people, is, is there is there something as Christians that we can do on our side, um, you know, other than pray? Like, what what can we do for yeah. those people? Pray, love yeah. them, uh, live Christ in front of them, and um, and trust. And then you have to trust the rest of God. I mean, it's like it's like our children. We can't make our children be what we want them to mm-hmm. be. There's a point in time where I think every parent goes, you know what? It's out of my hands and only God can do something in this place. But that hardening of the heart thing, I mean, that's something I think we can pray for. I mean, right. Moses, uh, Moses did that. Remember, God was going to like zap the people and, and start all over with Moses and Moses intervened and he prayed on the behalf of the people mm-hmm. And God uh, allowed them uh, to continue on. Uh, we just don't want to get to that place that Esau was at, where it says he sought repentance with tears, and he could not find it. Hmm. This guy wanted to repent, but found within himself that he, he he even cried over the deal, but he just he had hardened his heart for so long that he could not find repentance. Well, let's get going into the message then, and uh, we'll uh, wrap it up at the end. Hope you have your Bible with you this morning, and that uh, you have it not just to have kind of beside you, but opened and engaged and ready to enter in. Well, I hope you are ready to tackle, we're going to do a whole chapter this morning, chapter 11. Last week, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a responsibility to share what you know, that relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, what God has done in your heart, what God has been doing in and through you, you have a responsibility to share that. And you say, well, I haven't got really a lot to share. My life isn't really exciting. And I just kind of think, what, Really? Your life isn't exciting, that, that God has taken you from darkness to light, from the path that leads away from him to a path that's... Like, there are some amazing things in your life. Sometimes we don't think our life is exciting, but really we need a God perspective of what, what he's been doing in your life. A God perspective of where have we come from, where are we going to? And the longer you walk with Jesus, really, there should be an overflowing abundance of testimony. Here's what God is doing in my life. Now, don't take despair and say, well, really, I don't haven't experienced that. Ask him to give you his perspective. This week, we're going to look at that God hardens and softens hearts. And I don't know about you, but there's something in me that goes like, God hardens hearts? And so I'm not going to ask you to kind of set aside my preconceived ideas and let's let Scripture inform us what that means. The first thing I see is that God doesn't write people off. And that comes in the first six verses. And he starts off with saying that God doesn't walk away from his own. I say then, you um, picture last week, the very last thing that we studied was God with his arms out to his people, to Israel, and they're obstinate and they are, are disobedient. And he's got his arms out calling them to him and they're refusing. I say then, God has not rejected his people, has he? Because of their obstinacy, because of their stubbornness? May it never be, absolutely no way. For, because I too am an Israelite. Paul's saying, like, if, if God was done with Israel, 
I wouldn't be standing in front of you today. And there are many believers who come from the nation of Israel or the parentage of Israel who follow Jesus today. So it doesn't mean that God is having nothing to do with them. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected. God is not, that word to reject means to push away. God has not pushed away his people whom he foreknew, who he knew beforehand, knowledge of beforehand. Being his child is not found in a nationality. Being his child is not found in growing up in a certain home. Being his child does not come from living in a certain country. You are not closer to God because you come from Colombia or South America, though there are times it feels like God is closer there. You're not further away from God if you're from Europe where it's cold and the gospel's rejected out of hand. Your relationship with God is your relationship with God. And uh, he moves on here that uh, not only does God not walk away from his own, but all things are not always obvious. He's talking here about, about people's hearts, and we first look internally. We don't always know what's going on on the inside. You don't know what's going on internally in people's hearts, and sometimes a circumstance can look like there's no hope here. This person is never going to respond to the gospel. This person's never going to get it, but you don't know internally what God is doing inside their heart and the struggle that they're going through, because on the outside, it may look like they have it all together. On the outside, it may look like there's just no way that they're going to respond to this, but you do not know. You cannot know what goes through that person's heart and mind in the middle of the night or in the dark or in the lonely places and where God is speaking in and you do not know what is going on there. Hi, I'm Stan, your radio teacher at A Word With God. And uh, I hope you've kind of picked up over the last few weeks that God never intended us to do this Christian life alone, but he's given us each other to connect, to be accountable to, to be encouraged by. And if you presently don't have a home church, we would love to get to know you and uh, have you check us out and maybe, just maybe, we'll become family. John, why don't you tell folks how to find us? Yeah, you can find us at 112 Spadina Road West, and that's in Kitchener. And we have two services on Sunday, one at 9 and one at 11.15. Love to see you there. There are things that are not obvious externally as well in verse 5. In the same way then, there has also come to be at this present time a remnant, and he's and what happens? God steps in and he does external things that happen that you would never have imagined. And Israel was saved in that day. So there are things going on internally. There are things going on externally that when you are praying for the salvation of that friend, of that relative, of that person next door, that you may have no clue what's going on externally and internally. In a moment, their life can change. In a moment, their circumstances can be changed and they will be open to the gospel and ready to hear. Put down here that God uh, 
holding on to you is totally grace. Verse 6, but if it, is, if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. God holds on to you. God's holding on to that person that you're praying for, that person who was a follower at one time and they've turned their back and, and it looks like they're wandering away. God is in control. But down here, you don't deserve it. You don't, you don't deserve what God is doing. And, and we don't always want it. And, and we're unsure what would happen if we did. And there are people out there, they, they're not even sure if they want the gospel. They hear it. And what does scripture say to them? It sounds like foolishness. It just, it's like, what, what? that doesn't make sense. But when the Spirit of God comes, when the Spirit of God enters into the situation, and he touches the heart, and he touches the mind, You and I, we don't know when that will happen. We do not know the day that that will happen for the person that we're praying for. Well, God doesn't write people off. The second thing we see in verses 7 to 10, God does harden hearts. Verse 7, what then? Like, what do I do with that? What do I do with with this thing of grace and I can't work for it and, and I may not even know that I need it and, and there's nothing, it has nothing to do with me. What then? What Israel is seeking, what they're diligently looking for, it has not obtained. The nation was looking for some things and it didn't always include God and, it, and uh, you ask what they were they looking for? Well, they were looking for freedom from oppression there was oppression in the land, and, and they were in a very dire strait, and they were looking for freedom from spiritual fatigue. They were tired as a nation of trying to find God. You know people who are just like that, who are trying to find God in all kinds of places, and they can f- try to find God in the cults, and they can try and find God in New Age, and there's a whole growth of paganism and, and Wicca and other things that people are trying to find God in that are empty, that, that are, they come up short of, they, they find it, try to find God in philosophy, and they try to find God in logic, and there are so many areas that people are looking for God. What are we looking for? What are the people next door for, to you looking for? I mean, that's what Israel was looking for. They were, they were also looking for freedom from idolatry. It had become a bondage to them. They couldn't get away from it. And they were in, in, in a tough place. But those who were chosen obtained it. All things are in Jesus Christ. Everything that you're looking for is found and held in Jesus. And the rest were hardened. That word hardened means to callous your own heart. Now, I mean, I've, when I'm playing bass, I don't know about you, but I've got, I've got, I've got calluses on my fingers from playing now the bass didn't do it to me I played the bass the bass didn't come up and just jump into my hand I chose to play and play and play until I've got a very hard calluses here if I don't play for three weeks what happens they start to go away the callousing that he's talking about the hardening of heart is something that's being done to yourself and so there are people it says just as I have written and he goes to Deuteronomy 29 here God gave them To give what a person asks for, this is not giving them something they didn't want. This is something they were asking for. It was a spirit of stupor, and Isaiah calls it deep sleep. And uh, and we see here that it's uh, they give them what they were asking for, and and they're saying like, I don't want to think about those things. He's also given them eyes to not see. I don't want to look at that. 
and ears to not hear. I don't want to listen to this. Down to this very day, they're still in the same condition they've been in. Have you met people like that? Do you know people like that? Are they in our family? They're in our family. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to listen to that God stuff. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to think about it. Let's talk about some nice things. Let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about whether Montreal won last night or not. Let's talk about anything but the gospel. God allows them to callous their heart, to harden their heart. And some of you were there too. And there was a time you didn't want God's stuff in your, in your eyesight. You didn't want to see what God had. You didn't want to hear what God had. But now there's a change and there's a difference. David says in verse 9, and he goes to Psalm 69 here, let their table, he's talking about Israel here, and he's talking about the tabernacle or the temple, let their table become a snare, it's a trap to catch birds, and a trap, that's a trap to catch beasts, and a stumbling box, remember last week we talked about the stick that you move away to drop the box on the bunny rabbit, that's the stumbling block. You pull the block and the box comes down and you're trapped. And a retribution, payback, to turn back on the person, to them. Let their eyes be darkened to not see, to not understand. And bend their backs forever and harden their hearts in a permanent way. Well, that's only true once you're dead. The heart is hard when you go into eternity. They were looking for these things and they kept their eyes closed, their ears closed. They didn't want to think about it. They didn't want to, they they just, it became a stumbling block for Israel. It was their religion. For some people, it's their way of doing life. For some people, it's their hobbies. For some people, it's family. There are people that will put something in the place of God and try and fill their heart with that thing. And that thing becomes what their whole life is about. And they turn from the living God. They turn from the message gospel. They turn to that. That's what Israel did. They tried to fill the God hole with ritual and routine. And what they did and trying to buy God's favor. And that's the picture Paul paints here. So God doesn't write people off. God does harden hearts. He gives you what you desire. If your heart desires hardness... Many times God will allow you to have your heart's desire. God can still turn it around, verses 11 to 16. It's not over. The one you're praying for, the one your heart is troubled over, the one that your heart is breaking over, I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? That means to fall totally down. They didn't get it and then lose it, did they? They they didn't get to a place where they could not return, did they? And Paul says, may it never be. No, that's not true. Don't give up on those who have never responded to the gospel. Don't give up on those who have turned away from the gospel, who once knew, who once were there and have tried to run away. Don't give up. It's not over. Number two, God can use this season in their life. But by their transgression, by the sin, and they're talking about Israel's sin here, salvation, deliverance has come to the Gentiles. If if Israel had not turned away, salvation would not have come to us. They turned away, and God turned the program over to the Gentiles to make them jealous, to provoke a rival there. What God is doing with the Gentiles should get their attention. 
Verse 12, now if their transgression, if their sin is, is riches, is abundance, is fullness for the world, and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, which for us brought the gospel to you and me, how much more will their fulfillment be? Fulfillment, as it's used in the New Testament, is the idea of the presence of God coming in the midst. When God comes in the midst of Israel, when Israel turns to him, how much more? Verse 13, but I am speaking to you who are Gentiles inasmuch that as I am an apostle of Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. He celebrates it. If somehow I might move to jealousy, my fellow countrymen, Paul wants his nation to find Jesus. Do you want our nation to find Jesus? I mean, is that in your prayers? Is that on the radar? Or have we gotten to a point where we just write off our country? Scripture says that we're to pray for those who are in authority over us. We're to pray for our leaders. We're to pray for our country. It's not over. God can use this. Verse 15, for their rejection, or because their rejection, is the reconciliation of the world. It's a money change. It has the right exchange. So if their rejection is the reconciliation, the exchange of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? As long as there is life, it's not over. And so the one that you're praying for, the one that your heart aches for, as long as there's life, it's not over. Number two, God can use the resistance of one to win another. How many times have you seen that where somebody's life falls apart and they're angry against God and there's another person in the family that goes, I I'm not doing that. That's the right way. And thirdly, God will not waste the struggle that you're in. God will not waste it. God will use all things, and the struggle that you are in today, God will use that struggle in the future. Well, God doesn't write people off. God does harden hearts. God can still turn it around. In, in verse 16, he has this little piece where he says, like, the dough, if, you know, if the dough's good, what comes later will be good as well. And if, if the root's good, holy, the branch. He's saying that what he started with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Isaiah, all from the, God is not going to waste all that he's done in the past in the future. He will use those things and he will continue to seek people out. He is going to continue to seek you out. If you feel that you're sliding from him, if you're struggling to find your way, if you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus, he will not leave you be. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus and you feel drawn and pulled, it says in Scripture, today is the day. Do it now. Connect with God now. Submit to him now. You don't know if you'll feel like that tomorrow. You don't know if his hand will be on you tomorrow. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening. And again, as I mentioned, you know, the, part of what this goes through, Stan, is the idea of hardening hearts. Mm -hmm. And really, I think this is a, a message not only for people who have their hearts hardened, but the ones who are maybe going down that path yeah. in terms of, you know, taking a look at mm -hmm. uh, making a 180 turn in their yeah. life and getting yeah. back to God. And for the person who's living with someone whose heart is hard. Mm. And, uh, and how do I pray? And how do I... You know, how do I not uh, give up? Yeah. Uh, you know what? And I think for those people, one of the best things for them to do is, like you said, just live out as best as they can 
who Christ is with them, mm-hmm. um, and 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 really don't take it necessarily personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that those people's hearts are hard. Yeah, it's interesting because like Sa- Samson or sorry Samuel was like that, mm-hmm. and he was all depressed because the people had turned to and God says like uh, Samuel, uh, they've not rejected you, right? They've rejected me. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening, and uh, next week we're going to continue going through Romans, and I'd uh, encourage you to join us next week for that, and remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here it comes, a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way, rise or fall, your love will see me through it all, to a pursuit, and challenge like your